Welcome to JG Ministries Bible Study. I'm Jeffrey, Minister and Chaplain at JG Ministries, and I'm glad you joined us today. Now, our study has been in the book of Luke, and we finished chapter 18 last time, so now we're ready to begin unpacking chapter 19. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to chapter 19. We'll begin with verse 1. Let's get into it. Now, chapter 19, this narrative contains what may be well considered the key verse of the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. The incident contains several teachings. Luke emphasizes the universal appeal of the, of the gospel, as we'll see in verses 2 through 4. We'll see the ethical problem of wealth in verse 2. And in verse 7, we'll see the call of a sinner who was in social disfavor. In verses 5 to 9, we'll see the sense of God's present work. And also in verse 5, the feeling of urgency, along with of necessity and of joy. Verse 6, we'll see restitution with goods distributed to the poor. And above all, salvation in verses 9 through 10. So let's take a look at our scripture here with verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be with a guest, with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have Taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now this conversion of Zacchaeus illustrates the truth of Luke chapter 18 verse 27. The things which are impossible with a person are possible with God. Zacchaeus was a rich man, and ordinarily it is impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But Zacchaeus humbled himself before Christ and did not let his wealth come between his soul and God. As we take a look at verses 1 through 5, we see that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He held a higher office in the Roman tax system than did Matthew, or Levi, as you will. Now, the system under which an officer gained his income by extorting more money from the people than he had contracted to pay the Roman government had eventually worked very well for Zacchaeus. His location in the major customs center of Jericho was ideal. And observe the proximity of this story to that of the rich ruler, whose attitude towards wealth 
kept him from the Lord. Zacchaeus, his desire to see Jesus was surpassed by the fact that Jesus wanted to see him. It was when the Lord passed through Jericho on his third and final trip to Jerusalem that Zacchaeus sought out to see Jesus. This was undoubtedly the seeking out of because of curiosity. Now, although he was a chief tax collector, he was not ashamed to do something unconventional in order to see the Savior. Because he was so short, he knew he'd be hindered from getting a good view of Jesus. So Zacchaeus, he runs ahead, he climbs up into a sycamore tree, which was alongside the route that Jesus was taking. Now this act of faith did not go unnoticed. As Jesus came near, Jesus looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. He orders Zacchaeus, come down quickly. And then Jesus invites himself to this tax collector's house. Now, this is the only case on record where Jesus invites himself to a home. And Zacchaeus did as he was told, as we see in verse 6, and he received the Lord joyfully. We can almost certainly date his conversion from this time. Not only did he want did Jesus not want to see Zacchaeus, but Jesus had to stay with him. And this type of divine necessity is stressed here in Luke. The reciprocity of the divine sovereign call and the human response is striking. In verse 7, earlier Luke gave us three parables that Jesus used to answer the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who opposed his eating with tax collectors and sinners in general. Now, all the people complained that Jesus was consorting with a known sinner. And in each case, table fellowship was involved something that had a far deeper significance than our dinner parties that we know of. Now, Jesus' critics all complained against him because he went to be a guest with this man who was a known sinner. And they overlooked the fact that coming into a world like ours, he was limited exclusively to such homes. And salvation had brought a radical change in the life of this tax collector. In verse 8, we see he informed the Savior that now he intended to give half his goods to the poor. Up to this time, he had been gouging, if you will, as much as possible from the poor. That's how he became rich. He also planned to make fourfold restitution for any money that he had gained dishonestly. This was more than the law demanded from him. But it showed that Zacchaeus was now controlled by love, whereas formerly he was controlled and mastered 
by greed. And there was little doubt that Zacchaeus had taken things dishonestly. And it almost sounds as if Zacchaeus was boasting of his philanthropy and trusting in this for his salvation. But that's not the point at all. He was saying that his new life in Christ made him desire to make restitution for what he had done in the past, and that in gratitude to God for salvation. He now wanted to use his money for the glory of God and for the blessing of his neighbors around him. Verse 8 is one of the strongest in the Bible on restitution. Now, salvation does not relieve a person from righting the wrongs of the past. Debts contracted during one's unconverted days are not canceled by the new birth. And if money was stolen before salvation, then a true sense of the grace of God requires that this money be repaid after a person has become a child of God. And Zacchaeus's announcement sounds abrupt and is probably intended to seem so. After all, Luke following Jesus, stresses the use of possessions as a major indicator of one's spiritual condition. Restoring stolen funds four times the amount, fourfold, was far more than what the Old Testament specified for restitution. So his offer was unusually generous and was the sort of fruit in keeping with repentance that was earlier sought by John the Baptist. So now we move on to verse 9. Salvation did not come to this house because Zacchaeus finally did a good deed, but because he was a son of Abraham, which probably means he was a believer and thus a spiritual descendant of Abraham. And Jesus plainly announced that salvation had come to the house of Zacchaeus. He was a son of Abraham. And salvation did not come because Zacchaeus was a Jew by birth. The expression son of Abraham indicates more than a natural descent. It means that Zacchaeus exercised the same kind of faith in God that Abraham had shown. Also, salvation, as we have mentioned, did not come to Zacchaeus' home because of his charity and his restitution. These things are the effects of salvation, not the cause. That's important to understand in this. In answering to those who criticized Christ for lodging with a sinner, we see in verse 10 that Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In other words, the conversion of Zacchaeus was a fulfillment of the very purpose of Christ coming into the world. Again, verse 10 could be well considered a key verse of Luke, for it expresses the heart of, of Jesus' ministry that was presented by Luke. Both Jesus' work of salvation and his quest for the lost. 
Luke has portrayed the lost throughout his gospel. From Jesus's own statements to the disdainful comments of the self-righteous. And this whole incident is the epitome of the messianic mission that was described in Luke chapter 4. Now Zacchaeus, as we have mentioned, he was a chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was head of a large office of tax collectors. And tax collectors were considered to be on a level like with prostitutes. They were generally hated because the taxes were to a foreign power. They went to the Roman government. Jericho was a city of priests. And Jesus chose a tax collector rather than a priest to stay with. Zacchaeus was converted immediately and gave genuine evidence of it. Now, Jesus had told the rich young ruler to give all. Jesus tells him that. But Zacchaeus gave half, and Jesus pronounced him an heir of salvation. Now, let's go ahead and move on with the parable of the minus. So if you have your scriptures, let's take a look at verse 11 here, beginning with verse 11. And now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minus, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded those servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you are faithful and very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. And likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you put my money in the bank at my coming? I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that everyone who has will be given, and from him who has, or who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, and slay them before me. This parable fulfills four important functions. The first one is it clarifies the time of the appearance of the kingdom of God. The second thing is it realistically portrays 
the coming rejection, and the future return of the Lord. Thirdly, it delineates the role of a disciple in the time between the Lord's departure and upon his return. And lastly, it makes a unique contribution at this point in Luke's narrative. As the Savior, as we see here in verse 11, neared Jerusalem from Jericho, many of his followers thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. We see in the parable of the ten minus, he disabused them of such hopes. He showed that there would be an interval between his first and his second advents, during which his disciples were to be busy for him. So this verse connects the parable of the ten minus with the parable about Zacchaeus in two complementary ways. The emphasis on salvation today does not mean that there is no future coming of the Son of Man in judgment. Second, the Son of Man in verse 10 is related to the kingdom of God in verse 11. The one who has the right to reign is precisely the same Son of Man who came to seek lost sheep. Now this parable furthers Jesus' teaching about the future in general, the present and the future aspects of the kingdom. And it also shows the consummation of God's purposes in history. It teaches that Jesus predicted an interval of time between his ascension and his return. Let's stop there for now. Next time we'll pick it up right here. Until next time, God bless you. Keep living Christian strong.